five, four, three, two, one. Hello, children, and welcome to season two, episode twenty of the On My Dime On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring Carl Luterio. He's a YouTuber uh, who st- who speaks about avant-garde fashion in a way that is missing from the platform. Like, great channel, super super interesting conversation with them. Yeah, there's not really much else to say other than that. Uh, great book recommendations as well by by Carl. So thank you for thank you for letting me know about those. I'm gonna give those a read 100%. If you want to see more episodes like this, drop the episodes a download on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and give me a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Helps the podcast grow. And yeah, that's basically it. Enjoy the episode. So Carl, how did you get interested in fashion and like avant-garde Rick Owens type fashion, especially? Uh, okay. So I just want to like um, backtrack a few years back. Um, when I was like younger, I never really enjoyed fashion. Like I, you know, as a kid, I just played video games and watched like anime and stuff. But when we had a cable, I think that was a start. We had a cable TV and that got me into fashion I would like watch fashion shows endlessly and that um you know that interest with like fashion shows has led me into um the internet so that's where I started learning about blogs like um, Brian Boy, Susie Bubble and um Style Rookie and that time um those sort of blogs are really really popular like like they're the main go-to fashion blogs if you want to learn about the news about fashion. And yeah, so that's how I started about my fashion journey. And then I stumbled upon this website called Chictopia. Do you, do you know that, Isa? No, I haven't or heard of really. Yeah, so Chictopia is like lookbook. And yeah, so Chictopia, going back, it's like an online diary kind of, blog that were in your post outfits and this is the time where instagram is instagram is not existing yet and yeah um what do you call this and then i joined lookbook as well and that's when i started knowing brands like rick owens and yoji yamamoto because on lookbook you would um you'll see a lot of people wearing this brands and that got me interested to it and I think I remember also following, I don't know, um, I can't place it how I got into avant-garde fashion in general. Maybe because, yeah, as a young kid, I have always um, went to the opposite path. Like if my brothers are like, um, you know, watching you know, I don't know, like TV shows and stuff like that. I would, you know, read books and like listen to a different kind of music. I, yeah, growing up as a, a gay kid, <laughs> I think it also influenced me to always try to break the mold and, you know, be, you know, be free and just, you know, take your own journey. So I think that's it. Awesome. Interesting. Um, yeah. Do you mentioned- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go go for it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you mentioned brands like Rick and Yoji. Are there any pieces like from those brands that like made you say like, okay, cool, this is interesting. This is something I haven't really 
haven't really seen before. I'm going to explore these brands further. Yeah, actually, it's not actually the brand. It's basically a, a piece of clothing that really got me interested. Um, so going back to the avant-garde journey, right? I think, now I remember, Isa. So I think there was a contest online. This is during Halloween, I think. I was like 22. I think this was like in 2009. So in the website, they wanted to, you know, uh, they want you to join the contest with your um, Halloween outfit. But it's like a fashion website. So it's not like, you know, the tacky outfit, the tacky Halloween outfit that we normally do on Halloween. So I was researching and then I stumbled upon Comme des Garçons and I was just mind blown with the um, collection. I was like, I haven't heard of this brand, blah, blah, blah. And from Comme des Garçons, I jumped into Junior Watanabe, then Rick Owens and number nine. And I said to myself, this is going to be the style that I'm going to be emulating. And that's how I discovered the drop crotch pants. So I think 2009 drop crotch pants is it's still very new. Like, I think I'm one of the first few in the Philippines who were in them. And I remember getting a lot of like, what do you call this? Like, like a lot of my friends joke or tease me that I look like I was wearing like diapers and stuff like that. But, you know, coming from someone, you know, being someone like me who, I, who wants to be always different always want to break the mold I stick to my style and I told myself this is what I want and I'm gonna stick with it and then yeah at the time I think Comme des Garçons collab with H&M and suddenly everyone was wearing like drop crotch pants and I was like y'all I you know <laughs> I've been wearing that whole thing and now look at you guys but anyway um yeah it was pretty good and I think Sorry, what was the question again, Isa? What <laughs> um, were some, like, you mentioned brands, like, when you were talking mm. about, like, your journey in fashion, you mentioned, like, the blogs, and you mentioned, like, seeing brands like Rick and seeing brands like Yoji. Are there any, like, specific pieces that you can remember that, like, made you think, like, okay, cool, this is, like, particularly interesting to me. I'm going to do a bit more research into the brand and explore this a bit further kind of thing. Oh, good question. Well, because I'm... Initially, I'm a, I'm basically like um, a shoe lover. So the first thing that really got me with Rick are the shoes. So I think, yeah, going back 2009, it was the collection where in, I think it's, the name is Stag. And the mm -hmm. shoes were just like, you know, very sculptural and otherworldly. And I haven't seen anything like that. And also um yeah because um at that time as well I remember being a bit more goth I think every one of us had that stage where we want to be like we want to dress up like Avril Lavigne and then the goth movement and you know if you have that sort of interest the pieces of Rick Owens sort of appeal to you yeah and I think that was the shoes definitely and from that shoes, I stumbled upon, you know, blogs that, you know, um, also talks about the Rick Owen shoes. And then I met a friend online who is a member of um, Super, Fu Super Future. I think it's like a forum 
were in the really deep dive about Rick Owens. They um, criticized or they um, review each piece. And yeah, that's how I just got into the whole avant-garde thing. <laughs> awesome. Interesting. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, where do you hope to take your YouTube channel? Because you're pretty new to like the YouTube fashion space. So like, where do you, where do you hope to take it? Yeah, actually, um, so my YouTube is actually, yeah, it's very new, but I've been blogging ever since I think 2010. That's where I first started blogging. So from 2010 until 2015, I was really active in the blog sphere. And then it went into a standstill for like six years when I moved here in Australia. So I just couldn't find the time to blog. And I think blog, um, I don't know, it's gone dead for me. <laughs> like no one's engaging it. And I think there's viewers, I can see the numbers, but it's different. So lately, I think this was last year um, after COVID. I mean, we still have COVID, but, you know, after the, you know, initial phase of COVID, my partner told me to, you know, continue your, you know, your fashion journey or your social media because you have a lot of knowledge. And I was like, well, no one's going to watch it because I'm old and I don't know, it doesn't feel right. But and then a lot of my friends are like urging me to do YouTube. And I think prior to that, I was a guest to a podcast as well. And the podcast was being run by one of my readers in the past. And he was like, oh, I think you have something to add in the conversation. You have knowledge and people will still listen to you if you just find that, you know, time and effort. So I did it and yeah, I'm, I'm doing it now. <laughs> so I want to take my YouTube. Well, actually it's still early days, but my vow to myself is I want to keep doing content that I'm capable of doing given my resources and time. Um, so I want to continue mainly on pickups. Although lately I'm feeling that pickup pick videos are kind of like flexy. And second is um, maybe styling. Like uh, I would still delve into like styling, like um, avant-garde because actually Isa, there's not a lot of like avant-garde, you know, YouTubers in, you know, in the YouTube verse, like there's a lot in Instagram, but so I wanna be like, not the first, but I wanna be someone on YouTube that people will watch if they want like, you know, styling, this avant-garde piece or if they want to see like you know the latest Rick Owens or the archive Rick Owens and stuff like that and I think I am slowly slowly um getting that reach from different people um also I want to commit into researching more fashion brands by avant-garde um big and you know new talents i know bliss foster is a big supporter and he's a big source of um, fashion for avant-garde so for me i want to add something um and i believe i have some fresh perspective to offer anyway so we'll see <laughs> yeah no you definitely have a fresh perspective like 
I remember when I started mm-hmm. getting like interested in Rick Owens like I'm, I'm by no means as knowledgeable as like as you are but like I was sort of becoming like more interested in the brand itself and like looking on YouTube I couldn't really find too many like too much knowledge of, of it and this is when I really didn't care about like the the, the ethos mm-hmm. behind like runway shows I just cared about like how do how do I style these pants where the knees are yeah and stuff, right <laughs> yeah so and true. Like, like go ahead yeah like um there is a, a, a huge amount of like YouTube people um, diving into the styling, but not much on the history. So yeah, I think that's why I love the, the content that Bliss Foster Fashion Archive, AO, and um, yeah, I think they're the main two that really present the history and the, um, what do you call this? The symbolism of the fashion runways. Mm-hmm. And I really look up to them because as a you know as a consumer of fashion there is I always believe that there is a reason behind that piece it's not just a piece of clothing and yeah it I think if you research and if you have knowledge on that certain designer or in that collection you appreciate the pieces more and you don't turn into this zombie consuming monster that a lot of us are becoming at the moment so yeah <laughs> yeah it's, you have to be a lot more like I don't know you, you have to be a lot more careful with your purchases especially now mm. like, a lot of people are realizing that definitely <laughs> mm. yeah even in terms of like back to like what back to um like even when I was like researching rig like for styling videos on YouTube like all I was seeing was like okay cool you get your Ramones, you get your Berlin pants and you get like a level T and then, okay, cool, Rick outfit. But then that's so basic, right? Like you can go on Instagram yeah. and like Rick Owens and that's, that's all you see, right? Everybody dressed the same. That's where like, that's where you come in because you dress different. You, your stuff is like, it's like sculptural. It's like, oh, it's like pleasing you. to the eye <laughs> in the sense that it's not, it's, it might not be the most like easy to wear stuff, but there's a certain mm-hmm. like aspect to that that I, I really enjoy at least. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, you're in Queensland right now, is that correct? Yes, in the Gold Coast. Yeah. So, like, how is living in Queensland or, like, even growing up in the Philippines, has that shaped your style and aesthetic at all? And, like, to what end? Well, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound snobbish, but actually, um, no, it didn't. If anything, Isa, it's always me looking beyond my environment. Like, I don't know, like a lot of people are saying, oh, I, you know, this is my style because my, I see my friends, I see the people and the community and they influence me, but I just couldn't get it. Like if I, so for me in the Philippines, because everyone in the Philippines, they dress for the weather, for the tropics. And same here in Australia, it's all about comfort. It's all about functionality. And for me, I think there's more to it. And, you know, we live in a short time. I always say that to myself, like life is too short to wear, you know, basic pieces. And I think it's also because I love clothes in general. Like I love the story. I love the drama. And so... Um, yeah, I always look on the other side. So when I say on the other side, people in Tokyo and like people in you know, Belgium or Norway, 
those are the, my main inspiration. And also because, um, you know, if I, hang on. Yeah, when I moved here in Australia though, um, there was a lot more opportunity to buy pieces that I can, that I can tell and I can attest because, you know, given the resources the money and you earn more and you have more freedom. So yeah, I think my personal style, as difficult as it is, I think it's because I want to break free from the environment. But yeah, in the Philippines, um, it helped as well when I met a few friends who have the same interests. I think it really enhanced my self-esteem, my confidence in myself and my passion. Like they are the ones who really pushed me and helped me. But prior to that, I discovered my personal style within me and by my own. So I think for a lot of people, I would suggest like um, looking into yourself first rather than um, feeding the inspiration from others. Otherwise, you'll just because I, I know a lot of like people and friends who they find their inspiration on the influencers and the people around them and um, they are like, um, what do you call this? They are drawn into trends more. You have a tendency to be drawn to trends more and more because it's more of a visual experience. Whereas me, um, I think if you shape your aesthetics about the emotions, about, you know, the designer process and the clothing mainly and how to style pieces, I think, yeah, you're coming in a good place. But I think there's no wrong or right way to find your aesthetic. It's just me saying that, yeah, you have to be organic as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the influences that you'll see on social media, they might not have, like you were saying, they might not have like the same sort of like needs as you in terms of environment. Like they might yes. not have the same like body type as well either. So like what they wear, it might look great on them. It might not look as good on you, right? So you have to look at yourself, be honest That's with so yourself, true. see what you like yeah. and go from there. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's you who's going to be, you know, it's your body, it's your, your life. So and it all depends on your needs. So yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Like from looking at your Instagram you're one of the individuals who like plays with proportions like very well and that's something I'm gonna try and like lean towards a little bit because I'm kind of bored of the whole like okay cool t-shirt jeans t-shirt pants boots done like, I want to like <laughs> have a little bit of like I don't know, like a sculptural element to it so like what's some advice you could give some to, to other individuals who are looking to like play with proportions kind of like the way that you do or like in a similar vein as the way that you do it like for their outfits uh, okay, so well, I think I've got I've scaled down a bit as I got older, but yeah, during my younger years, I was like super crazy about you know proportions. But anyway, um, my advice, uh, we'll see. Let's see. Um, well, no matter if you're a minimalist who who loves Celine or Phoebe Philo, or if you're a fan of Couture or McQueen, or even avant garde, for me, my first advice is to erase the notion of dressing for your body type. Erase the fear that you are too short for this, you are too chunky, you're too tall. I think 
for now, it doesn't matter because with playing proportion, um, I think you have to have an open mind, a welcoming fashion attitude. Um, well, I think proportion is the relationship of garments to your body, I think. And to, to play with proportion means you're breaking free from the rules of that principle. And the way I see it, I visualize my body as a canvas, like a canvas, sorry. And using the garments that I own, I throw on pieces to form abstract shapes. So it's all about shapes. It's all about um, visual aesthetics. And also I think before I dress up, I ask myself, do I, um, do I wanna be a boxy silhouette today? Do I wanna wear something flowy or puffy? And I begin by deciding what shape and I, what I wanted to achieve. And it also, I think it's easy because um, it can be easy depending on the pieces that you own in your closet and treat your outfit. Treat, I think by treating your outfits as a sculpture, you learn to see um, styling for proportions as a way of art. Like, um, I know I'm talking vague here, but so I wanna break it down further um, by the pieces, the top, the bottom and outerwear. I think for the top, you have to challenge yourself to wear like um, varying lengths of tops, uh, tunics will be a good start because they're longer. Also, if you want to play with shapes, look for asymmetric hems. Yeah, something with a longer side or a longer back with a mullet cut or, you know, just to have that interesting look. And see, I'm a t-shirt kind of guy. When I first started playing with proportions, I didn't go crazy. Oh, I want to buy all those, you know, different shape pieces. I started with t-shirts and from the t-shirt, um, I would buy different lengths, different cuts, you know, drapey, boxy, you name it. And I think you have to just do it slowly and true to form and you will see the difference right away. But yeah, I don't encourage, I don't encourage crazy shopping or, you know, mindless shopping. You have to do it responsibly. For the pants, the best, piece that I would advise for you to get at least is the drop crotch pants because one it you know it really changes the shape of your proportions of your body number two it's the most gender neutral piece that you can own one because it just you know it blurs the gender markers of your body like it's yeah it's the most asexual piece and I think it's also good to note that try to experiment well with your existing wardrobe because um, by using a belt or an accessory or just a simple outerwear you can really change the shape and for outerwears I think I think the Korean the Korean brands and the Korean market has mastered this a long long time so i would suggest going to i think do you know what the brand called adair error yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think when i was starting playing with proportions too 
um, that's the first brand that I was like researching. It's not as crazy as Rick Owens and Yoji Yamamoto, but yeah, it's, I think it's an entry level kind of a brand. But yeah, because sometimes if they see Rick Owens and like Yoji Yamamoto, they'd be like, oh, it's too dark, it's too black, it's not for me. But yeah, they just don't understand that to achieve that sort of look, you know, you have to start from a certain piece, you know, you have to start somewhere. I feel very validated right now because ever since I got my <laughs> pair of Rick pants, I've been saying everybody needs a pair because number one, they're so comfortable. Like it's insane. Yeah. Like I live <laughs> in my prisoners, right? Like they're so comfortable. They look, they, again, they look great on everybody. Like I had one of my friends try them on. She's like five, five and she looks great in them. It's insane. And they're like, they, they fit me and they fit her as well. So I'm like, everybody needs yeah. a pair of dark trans. I've been saying it. Now you said it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't worry about people saying, "Oh, you look like you have diapers and shit like that." Just don't listen to them. Also, Isa, yeah, that that when you mentioned that you is that your girlfriend? Were no, that's a friend of mine. Just a friend of mine. A friend, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my advice is also don't be restricted with menswear or women's wear. I think mm -hmm. that's nonsense. Um, when I was hunting for a nice drapey tee, I discovered in the women's section, actually. And when I was looking for a boxy blazer, um, a friend of mine found one in the men's, you know, vintage shop. So I think, yeah, try to be, have that open mind, just as what I said, because if you restrict yourself with a certain category, oh, it's just for men, it's just for women, so you are sort of limiting. And proportions... It doesn't have a gender to it you know what i mean so just play with it and have fun use it as a way to make dressing more um, exciting because yeah at the end of the day it's just going to be t-shirts and pants and there's more to it there's um a lot more fun way to wear you know those basic pieces and i think there's one youtuber who i watch his name is soy Raka. Mm -hmm. And he loves his loves. I mean, he buys pants from the women's section. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It actually looks good. So I hope people will understand the value and, you know, the importance of not being restricted to a certain, you know, gender. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I have, a pair, I have a couple of pairs of like women's pants from Uniqlo and like, they're great. They're, they're, yeah. they're, just, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, this is just a quick question. I didn't, I didn't send you on the list, but if you mm. had to build a daily uniform from your current wardrobe, what would it consist of? Oh, oh my God. Um, daily uniform. Well, first of all, colder wise, it has to be black. Isa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, it has to be black. Black is, ab um, universal. It, yeah, it just, makes everything polished and curated. That's the perfect word. And I would go for my Rick Owens drapey tunic because I love um, the simplicity and beauty of it. And then for the pants, I would just wear my, yeah, comfortable Andy Mulemeister pants that I always wear ever since I got them. And just a perfect um, understated black boots. Yeah, that's going to be my normal uniform. I think if I wear that sort of type, um, it feels like I'm ready to take the day, 
Because here in Queensland, see, I don't drive. So I chase the bus, I ride the tram. I'm, yeah, I'm walking a lot. So I have to take in consideration the comfort as well and functionality. But it doesn't mean I want to wear something boring or, um, you know, a denim pants. Um, I always, always try to elevate my outfit. And that's the beauty of avant-garde because with avant-garde, you, you know, it's something like appreciating the beauty of fashion in a couture level. Only avant-garde is on the opposite side. So a lot of people are drawn to ball gowns and suits and the perfect dresses, but avant-garde, you're the same. You, you appreciate the design process and the value of um, dramatic pieces. Only you are more into, you know, Combe Garçon, Rei Kawakubo, and Yoji Yamamoto. So, yeah, I think that's the beauty of um, avant-garde. It makes pieces easy. And, like, um, I noticed that as well when I traveled. Because when you travel, you're limited by a number of clothes that you can carry. But with avant-garde, there's a lot of calisthenics with, like, how you would style them. There's a lot of, like, freedom and stylability that's the word so there's more freedom and there's more capability of you to you know um build a certain look so yeah i'm happy <laughs> yeah absolutely um mm. who are some individuals that inspire you like in terms of content creation especially because i don't know I, like something i like the way that you like make your videos and like i haven't seen any other individuals on the platform that like do it the way that you do so i just want i'm, I'm just wondering where the inspiration comes from inspiration oh well um let's go with the bigger names first i think my inspiration is michelle lamy mm -hmm. for her artistry for her nomadic style and her powerful you know um iconic personality as Rick Owens muse I think I love her and she's my inspiration because if you read some of the comments like the mean comments people would say things like she's a satanic or a witch or whatever whatever you know attack but for me I what do you call this I relate to her because I was the same like um I would wear these crazy clothes and I would get mean comments and harsh comments from people I know, from friends even. And I think Michelle Lamy is an example that you have to be true to yourself and that, you know, you don't judge people by their clothing, at least. And, you know, try to learn about embracing your individuality. And speaking about individuality, I also follow fecal matter on instagram do you know them <laughs> i think i've seen a few a few of their um, yeah a few of their posts on the on my explore page yeah yeah because yeah i just love them i mean i wouldn't wear something of that kind of level that sort of like prosthetic kind of makeup and stuff like that that's why i i love them and they inspire me because they empower people to embrace their truth and to oh. remain resilient against haters like I can feel them, I can relate to them. And as I grow older, I am more sensitive and anxious about how people will judge or ridicule me for looking different or just for being different. Like when I was younger, I don't give a fuck, like <laughs> I don't care. But now I'm on this age, I think I value my safety 
to begin with. So their posts about like imaginative dressing and living your truth while wearing Ulrich Owens was truly refreshing and empowering for me. And yeah, because I just want my content language to be blind to age, gender, and class. So that's my idea. And I hope people will, you know, have a fresher view, have a more open eyes and heart when in, in terms of like accepting people. And for fashion, I think Lizzie, Lizzie Lowe, I think that's her name. So Lizzie Lowe is a YouTuber and she's got an Instagram as well. She's got the most, most insane Margiela archive. And I don't know, I hope that people will watch her more because her views aren't that big. But anyway, she, um, I found her channel one time and she was like recreating runway makeup styling of, you know, fashion runways of Margiela and Comme des Garçons. And I want to be her other version, but the Rick Owens version, I think. So yeah, it's really impressive. If you have time, Isa, try to check her out because yeah, it's she's like another level of content creating. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely check her out. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um. Last couple of uh, last couple of questions here. Uh, do you have any book recommendations for me? It doesn't have to be fashion related. It's like anything. Uh huh. Yes, I do. Um, I love books. I was like, when you send me the question, I was like, how did Isa know that I love books? But then I was like re-listening to your other podcast and I think this is one of your um staple questions <laughs> yeah so yeah um one of well actually I love books but lately I think two years ago I started reading um Japanese author novels mm -hmm. so yeah um I would recommend Haruki Murakami yes have you read about his works before I'm reading a book by Dostoevsky right now. And like, that's the, like, I'm going to oh buy Murakami or something right after I finish that. Yeah, which is good because, and related, because I think Haruki always mentioned that author on his book. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I would recommend reading IQ 8-4. So it's a science fiction novel, a bit of a parallel universe. Yeah, it's really surreal and supernatural, like a low-key mindfuck kind of book. Awesome. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't um, go into details, but yeah, have a read. And also, what else? I love this um, author, Yoko Ogawa, and she, it's a 1994 novel. It's called um, Memory Police. So it's a beautiful um, fiction, a dystopian fiction, like in the story, people started losing entities like um, things, birds, roses, and it was enforced by police. Um, yeah, it was really, I think it's a social commentary of what we're, what is happening at the moment. But the good, the best thing about this book is what it was written in 1994. So it was ahead of its time. And yeah, it's a social commentary. And I think the, uh, towards the end of the novel, it's, it has turned into a dark, twist and I actually like it I don't know I'm very partial with like Japanese authors I think uh it's how they write and how they um construct the sentences and how they paint a narrative which is a bit sad and poignant as well so yeah 
I hope you would read them. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check them out. I think I have, um, mm -hmm. what's that one, that really popular one from Mishima? Sailor Who Fell mm -hmm. from Grace by the Sea? Ah, uh, yes, yes. I've, I've seen Something that one. I haven't read it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That, that, yeah, I have I that one on my list as well. I'm going to add the one by uh, Murakami as well, definitely. Mur oh, my God. Yeah. You have to. If you want, because that's like a long novel, try his other novels. Like, um, he's done a lot of like short stories, like um, Tony Takitani. I think that one. I'll, I'll definitely send you a link, but I can't great, remember yeah. now. Yeah, because I've read it countless and countless of novels and yeah it's just hard to track it <laughs> yeah no worries um last question i have here uh where can the people mm -hmm. find you like plug plug everything that you have youtube instagram tiktok if you have everything <laughs> well um yeah so you can find me guys on youtube um, carly Terrio, and on instagram at in rating and i also have a twitter but um, yeah, it's not that active, but you can still follow me if you want. Um, it's at incarcerating, and I think I've got a TikTok, but yeah, don't bother about it. <laughs> it's one of my ways to like um, further promote my um, YouTube channel. So I have a TikTok. It's got a really, really small following, and I'm not that active, but yeah. Um, what else? I have um, my blog. I still have my blog. I think I stopped blogging. Um, last year, but it's still active on the World Wide Web. It's at www.incarcerating.com. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. I'm going to put all of those um, in the show notes of the podcast as well. So, anyone who's listening can check that and follow all your stuff because they should. Yay. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, <laughs> once again, thank you so much for taking the time. Like, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to come back anytime. Absolutely.